0: Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor. The easiest way to shop for tickets thanks to their revolutionary grading system. Buy and sell tickets in just two taps on your phone, everything fully guaranteed. Hey, football fans, $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on NFL tickets. All you have to do is use promo code BSNFL, download the SeatGeek app, or go right to SeatGeek.com. Also, we are brought to you by Proper Cloth, where you can easily create a custom shirt size in seconds by just answering 10 simple questions. Choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and 500 different fabrics from classic to business to completely customize the shirt you want. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best with a custom-fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com slash BS today. Enter gift code BS to save $20 off your first shirt. We are brought to you by The Rewatchables, one of our newest podcasts. I have hosted the first three. That's going to change next week. We did Few Good Men. We did The Departed. This week, we did Point Break. Me, Shay Sorano, Jason Concepcion, Club Trillion himself, Mark Titus. We broke down Point Break. It got dark. We started talking about how we'd all commit a bank robbery together. I don't even think we were totally kidding either i think this might happen i might get arrested point break is an incredible movie we broke it down in the style and and uh in the kudos that was given out i think was justified it's a classic it might be the first modern action movie and it's unintentionally funny as hell too so check that out subscribe to the rewatchables right now and last but not least talk the thrones our last episode of our twitter show that has taken the nation by storm kind of Talk the Thrones, Andy Greenwald, Mallory Rubin, Jason Concepcion, Chris Ryan. Game of Thrones is going to end on Sunday night on HBO. The episode will end. Go to Twitter. Go to at Ringer or do hashtag Talk the Thrones, and they will break it down. They will break it down hard. They will break it down for a long time. Mallory might cry. Who knows? But check that out, and if you miss Binge Mode Game of Thrones, which is uh, our podcast that breaks it down every week, Mallory and Jason did the last episode too. Controversial. A lot of people are upset with the last episode of Game of Thrones. They cover that. Talk to Thrones this week. Very excited for that. All right, coming up, on Wednesday night, I went to Kevin Durant's um, place in L.A., and we did a podcast that was so long that we're going to split it up into two parts. We talked about the Kyrie Irving trade for the first 15 minutes of part one, And then we went into a mailbag, which was only possible because I sent out a a bat signal to the listeners, you guys, and asked for email questions, mailbag questions, respectful questions, smart questions, um, questions that use KD as a resource. And the questions were awesome. And we just kept going and going and we ended up making this a two-part pod. So if you want to listen to this all at once, uh, we're going to drop part two late Sunday night Um, So if you want to listen to all at once, just wait till then or listen to part one right now. Kevin Durant, this is the fourth time we have done this. KD versus BS, part four, right now. But first, Pearl Jam. Taping this on a Wednesday night, undisclosed location, Los Angeles. This is not the trilogy; this is the fourth one. The KD, fourth? Kevin Durant, fourth one. What's after a trilogy? A quadrilogy? Yeah, I don't even know. We're like, it was like a Fast and Furious oh, franchise yeah, at this yeah, we, point. We say hey, nobody even knows the numbers anymore, and uh, people asked for Rich Kleiman to have a microphone this time. Miked up. Because everybody said they were tired of hearing you from 15 feet away. <laughs> they might just so, be tired of hearing me. <laughs> so look, we've done this three times. We talked about every possible thing we could yeah. ever talk about, and we have a wrinkle this time. I asked the listeners to send mailbag questions for you.
1: Oh, I can't wait. This
0: is an aka ask Kevin anything. But before we get into it, um, well, there, there was a there was like a minor NBA trade yesterday. Minor, um, very minor. Minor the. Uh, the Celtics and Cavaliers decided to switch some players. Kyrie Irving is now Celtic. Isaiah Thomas is on the Cavs. So is Jake Crowder. Um, there were rumors about this. You can't you can't pick that up. in the can you pick that up? Oh, I heard it. yeah, it's a little. People are playing video games upstairs. It's fine. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, don't worry. You it's know, fine. There's noise everywhere. People, yeah, people no. are adults. So. Um, there were rumors about Kyrie and LeBron and things had fallen apart. Kyrie wanted to be traded. Did you think they he was actually going to get traded?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I figured it was real once I heard it, you know, and um, once Woj tweets at anything, it's real. Oh, so
0: you believe Woj every time?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty accurate. God, how do
0: I get to that level?
1: I um, did get to that Woj level? I didn't believe it was because they didn't like each other, though. Yeah. So what do you think it was about? I, I I heard Richard Jefferson say something that was really really interesting, um, and he kind of what he said was like Kyrie to me. What I get from is Kyrie is just a pure basketball player. He he like crafted his skills since he was like eight nine years old. You can just tell the way he plays. Like nobody plays like him. Yeah. So he's a pure basketball player. You like he probably. Play playground ball. He played. His pops probably took him to the roughest neighborhoods and threw him out there on the basketball court. And just told him to just go play. So he built up the love for the game. So when you're around LeBron James, it's like it's so much, so much that comes with that. It's like so much outside, like distractions and conversations and just noise that just comes around, just from being around LeBron James. And Kyrie, at the point, like, all right, we lost the championship. This whole season is going to be about if LeBron is going to leave or not. Like, I'm ready for a new challenge. Like, all that stuff kind of met at the pinnacle of, you know, why he wanted to leave. And it just felt like he just wanted a situation where he could just be free from all of that and just play. Right. And it's a perfect system for him in Boston. It's like a perfect fit. You know what I'm saying? Because he's a 6'3", like Isaiah Thomas, basically. And yeah. Isaiah just thrived in that system. and. Then he got Gordon Hayward and, and Al Horford. That's gonna be able to make plays for him too. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty pretty sweet. I think it was a great deal. And I, but I just think Kyrie at that time, he just wanted a place that he can just focus on just playing basketball and not worry about the other drama that comes with. You playing. can identify with that, right? Oh yeah, for sure. He just like when you just love to play the game, like the NBA kind of you know, add so much baggage on top of it from the business side to the media, just to, like, everything. And, like, when you just want to play and not worry about that stuff, you try to find a place where you could do that. And Kyrie, um, I'm sure he had to know that he was going to Boston. It was He wasn't blindsided at all, so I'm sure he was okay with going to Boston and wanting to go to Boston. And well, I'm, I'm sure
0: so- there was a couple teams that we're sniffing around, and his yeah, he agent can control it. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to resign there in two years yeah, exactly. and do it, that he kind could, of stuff. Yeah, exactly. He had he had a little bit of control. Yeah. So, like, and that's a great organization, winning organization, great coach, just a great culture. And he's like, all right, let me try this out. He did what he's supposed to do in Cleveland. It's on to the next chapter. I, I, I can really appreciate what he did. He stood up for himself. He showed a lot of courage, man, because – you know, it's hard to take that type of, like, criticism. Right. You know what I'm saying? When you just want to play ball. Yeah. You know, so I, I feel him on that.
0: Do you think there was a small part of it that he found out he that they were trying to trade him? Or at least shop him a little bit last they month? They were? I think Before they were, yeah. Uh,
1: this whole stuff came about? I think
0: they were, yeah. Oh, they were? I think so. Why? Yeah, I He's think they... are unguardable. Yeah, you said, so the last time we did this... You were we were talking about him versus Allen Iverson, which yeah, somehow I, you said so many so many more interesting things than that in the pod. Yeah, and I then know, people were like Katie thinks.
2: think so who, see, said, who said that was going to be a big thing?
0: Rich, Yo. Rich yeah, said that. Bro, you good yeah, at that? that's now you have a mic. Now we can listen to you. That's true. Um, no,
1: but li- I thought it was a great debate. It was, but I wasn't comparing like no. stories and legacy. Like a lot of people who came to me on Twitter was like, Iverson led this team. With nobody, no stars to the finals, I'm like, all right, that's a team thing. I'm talking about individual players. Like, if you look at down the line, I'm not talking about, like, leadership and um, clutch. And that stuff is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about can he dribble, pass, can he shoot, how many moves he got, how he move, efficiency. Like, who's better at that stuff? They will. The other stuff, you'll figure that stuff out. That's that's a good debate on Twitter. But you talk about straight basketball skills, that's what I was talking about.
0: And Kyrie has somehow weirdly become underrated, even though he was in three straight finals. I was making the case for him before the Celtics traded for him just because I was going to those games. And this is one of, the, one of the reasons this came up last time. So I was like, this guy's amazing. Yeah. And you see it in person. You see his ability to just change hands. he never gets blocked, as you pointed out. Yeah. Um, the degree of difficulty of the shots he makes I'm excited to see him a little bit more unleashed and I really think it's not not about the man he he wants to be in charge of things he doesn't want to be LeBron's sidekick over oh oh, now you get to be involved in this play which I'm sure you identify with a little bit just Uh, the concept of man sometimes it's nice to know if you can run your own team
1: I wouldn't nah I wouldn't say that it's just a this is the fact that you want some structure. You want to... So you think it's about structure, not about... Yeah, it's about, like, the coach needs to define, like, what what do you want me to do? Like, do you need me to score? Do you need me to pass? Do you need me to just play defense? Like, tell me what you need me to do. And also tell the other guy what you need him to do. Yeah. And then tell the next guy, and then the next guy, so we can define some roles, so we can figure out, you know, what position to put this guy in, because he's best at maybe shooting corner threes, or yeah, yeah. being at the dunker spot, or setting, and picking and roles, like... When you just have no structure and no type of flow, and it's like, go create force, Kyrie, LeBron, Kevin Love. You don't think like, there's
0: a small part of it, though, where it's...
1: It's not being a He man. hears,
0: like, well, of course Kyrie's good. He plays with LeBron. That's why he's good. I mean, he's got to sure hear, hear that. i you hear
1: stuff. I mean, you hear it. I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to, you know, quiet that noise. But at the end of the day, like, you still got to go play every day. So you yeah. want to have a good environment where you want to play as far as, like, you want some type of structure. You want to learn the game at a different level. You want to kind of challenge yourself to fit in with a team and use your skill set a different way. Like, so they're, Kyrie they're... reminds me of myself just from the outside looking in. I'm sure I may be wrong on all these things, but from the outside looking in, been around him for, for a month or so, like, he reminds me of myself as far as just loving to play the game, just wanting to learn it and try to get better at it every day. I can, I can feel that. I can sense that in him.
0: One thing I've learned from at least spending a little time with basketball players over the years, you can sense when certain guys carry a level of respect with the players versus like guys like me who aren't yeah. out there playing. Yeah. But there's certain guys where the other guys are like, "No, that guy's legit." Like yeah. that guy, there's something about that guy, and it seems like Kyrie has had that for a while, where in the community he carried a weight.
1: Kyrie got like a really a cult following amongst.
0: Amongst the amongst the players,
1: the players and like the younger generation, like they love Kyrie. Yeah, the shoes help. I think the shoes. The shoes, but just his just his game. I'm telling you, his game is just like so fun to watch. It's so shifty. It's like, what is he going to do next? They love him.
0: I'm pumped. At the same time, I loved Isaiah Thomas, and I mean, I got a bunch of questions about this, so I can just combine them into one question. But a lot of people are saying, ask KD. This is like, you took all this shit when you left Oklahoma City and went to Golden State. It's like, you weren't loyal to Oklahoma City. And now this is the flip side of it. This is Isaiah Thomas, who became a franchise guy in Boston, who played Hurt, who played the day after his sister died, or two days after, comes in, who played that two playoff series in a row with like a screwed up hip.
1: Yeah.
0: and was a great Celtic, and people loved him, and everyone wore his jerseys, and they, and they traded. just traded him. Yeah. So there is no loyalty in sports is the moral of the story.
1: I thought we all knew that. <laughs> like, for real. I don't think people did. I thought we knew that. Yeah. It's been happening for years. Guys have been getting traded in their sleep for years. Guys have been, like, getting the shitty end of the stick for years. I mean, organizations have been, it, it, some guys have been fucking over organizations too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there's no loyalty in it. It's business. It's money involved. There's <laughs> money involved. So there's loyalty. The, it's trying to get, it's it's loyalty to people. It's loyalty to like. That's what I was sure, going to say, to teammates. Yeah, those those relationships that you had with like, sure, with trainers and teammates and anybody in the organization, that's, that's loyalty. You know what I mean? That's friendship. That's relationship. That's something that's going to last forever. But. When it comes to numbers on the paper, name on the paper, like, at the end of the day, that trumps everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got to – does this dude fit into our salary cap or into our into our plans? Nah, let's see what we can get for him. Like, that's just a part of the game. But Is you didn't know that when you came into the league in 07. Um, I knew it, but I didn't think it was – like, I didn't know exactly that, that it was really just a – I thought it was like fifty-fifty, you know what I'm yeah. saying, with like emotion and like business. Like, I want to trade this guy. I've been knowing him for nine years. Right. You know what I'm saying. But then at the end of the day, it's like, nah, we need this spot or we need this money. We gotta move him. He still is. At the end of the day, he gonna he gonna fit. He gonna get it. It's a part of business. So nowadays, when players leave, it's just part of business.
0: I spent five years. Guys, spent the whole day with Bill Russell, and part of the things I was obsessed with that we built this documentary we did around him was. The fact that he's still not mad at Boston, but doesn't feel a connection with Boston. Really? And there's a variety of reasons for it. You know, they didn't they didn't really love the Celtics when he played. They treated black players terribly in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. He was not treated great. And he reached a point where he was just like, my loyalty was to the guys I played with in the locker room. I don't feel loyalty to Boston, which is weird to hear when he won 11 titles yeah. in 13 years in Boston. But he was just like, look. I'm loyal to Kuzi and Heinz and all those guys. The city, just the city I played in. Mm. That was shocking to me.
1: Uh, now, that's, a,
0: that's an extreme that is, example. Yeah, that is, um, that is shocking. But I think the, the relationships, I think, what is what seems to endure the most. Now, you have some exceptions. Like, Paul Pierce, I think, really loves Boston and had a real connection with that city.
1: If he'd won a championship, if he wouldn't have won a championship, you thought he would have felt the same connection?
0: <sighs> Probably not the same.
1: Okay, then. So I think we would have loved them, that's but... That's just business.
0: Yeah. Probably not the same.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we did, I mean... There's some I- players that love where they play. You know what I mean? They really love the organization, and that's that's amazing. You know what I'm saying? I love where I play. I love the organization. I love the owners. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I know what's important. You know what I'm saying? And it's not being selfish. It's just like you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Players make decisions based on, on solely on money. So why can't you... Make a decision based solely on how you feel or the environment you want to be in. So it's like, why not have a your you know why not dictate your future? They do it, and the organizations do it. Try to do it. So why can't you do it?
0: Somebody forwarded me a tweet that you liked on yeah. Twitter about about it was basically this loyalty question, which I thought was interesting. Because what you realize when you like something on Twitter, people realize people know that you liked it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I know.
0: We, there was big debate on the Ringer staff whether you were the NBA social media MVP this summer.
1: I should be. You did. You really started real, like ten. Man.
0: You started like ten news cycles.
1: I keep it real. <laughs> I mean, I used to think that, man, let me make sure I watch what I say about this and that. At the end of the day, it's all jokes to anybody. I mean, everybody anyway. They yeah. make jokes about this, whatever goes on in this world anyway. So I mean, in this basketball world anyway. So why can't I just chime in and, you know. People, there
0: were some people that made runs at the title, too. Oh, I, there's three weeks left in the me. summer.
1: They're not as real as me. Hassan
0: Whiteside had his whole CSI parrot thing.
1: That's not. That that's, was big. That's, uh, that's, that's manufactured. I'm,
0: what else happened, Tate? Man. Who are the other contenders? I, KD's, KD's have big lead. There's still three weeks left. Somebody top it. I'm just authentic, man. Yeah. What is it about using all the different pieces of social media that you seem like you have especially embraced this summer?
1: Oh, uh, it's just different ways to communicate. I think on through, uh, YouTube, it's kind of easier to see the comments and just kind of scroll through and like them. Yeah. Um, Twitter, on Twitter, you're like
0: going at people.
1: Twitter, yeah. 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 <laughs> like I said. Rich what, joke, Rich, what do you think of this? You can't joke on. I, can, I mean, he doesn't
0: like it. The white side was the runner up. No, nah, I'm just <laughs> listing candidates. Oh. So, Rich, you don't like when he does all this social media stuff? Uh, or you get worried? No, no, no. I'm with it. I'm with it now. I needed to understand. He just it. said you didn't like it because I, I didn't.
2: I used to question it. I used to ask him why. I used to ask him why about certain things he said and did. But you know, he's going to do and say what he wants anyway. So I just understood where he was coming from. But the, I, you, I, the YouTube I, stuff I love. I mean, that's our baby. But on right. Twitter, I realized like that's that's him, and and then that's just him. You know. That's See, perfect. I'm hoping
0: he becomes an example because he's just candid, and people are used to it now. So when you say stuff, not to compare you to like somebody like Barkley, but Barkley reached a point on TNT where he just said his opinion and people are like, oh, that's Barkley. He, just, he says stuff. That's what he does. You have now gravitated toward that point, which I think is a good place yeah, to be. Not, not, Most guys are afraid who are in your spot. Don't say squat. Barkley
1: because he's 95% no, like wrong. Like, well, but I'm at least, I knew you, I'm at you were not going to like that.
0: 86% <laughs> right. <laughs> I knew you weren't going to like that. But you know what I mean. People are like, oh, that's Barkley. He's not afraid yeah, to yeah, say yeah, things. Yeah,
1: but he's always wrong. Man, you and the old guys. You just feud with the old guys. No, I love, come on, man. I'm a, I'm a. You historian.
2: know who got Barkley, you know really mad? Uh, James Worthy.
1: Yeah, we solved that, though. I'm sorry, James. That was yeah, a I think. Big, big mix up. That's our Oh, boy we're apologizing in James fault. Worthy now? That's our boy, yeah, that's our big boy Big game Randy's James. Fault. All right. Yeah. Sorry, big
0: game James. Mailbag coming up. But first, I want to talk about Flea Flicker. Being a fantasy football commissioner is a nightmare. They say in the copy it can be a nightmare. It is a nightmare. It is not fun to be a fantasy football commissioner. Impossible to coordinate your draft. There's always that one guy that forgets to set his keepers. Your fantasy site makes it hard to make changes. It just sucks. Well, Flea Flicker was built for commissioners by commissioners. Features like email drafts make coordination a breeze. The league sizes range from four teams to 24 teams. You can invite your friends and family, lightning fast, live scoring, easy to use interface, powerful commissioner tools. It's got it all. Best of all, it's 100% free. So why pay for an expensive commissioner service when Flea Flicker offers more flexibility for free? Why settle for unstable sites and apps? that let you down on Sundays. Use Flea Flicker. Move your fantasy football draft there. It's fun, easy, fast, and free. Simplify your life today. Go to fleeflicker.com slash BS and see why Flea Flicker is the site commissioners love. Your league will thank you. That is F-L-E-A, flicker.com slash BS. And speaking of football, we should point out that for over 20 years, over 20 years, DirecTV has been the exclusive home for NFL Sunday ticket. The only way to get every live game Every Sunday, the only way I could have lived in Los Angeles because I I need to watch every Patriots game. I couldn't have done that if I lived in Los Angeles 25 years ago. I probably wouldn't have wanted to watch the Patriots 25 years ago. We were pretty terrible. That's when when I started gambling, but that's another story. Good news, NFL fans. DirecTV has expanded their service. If you live in an apartment or are an enrolled college student, now you can get NFL Sunday Ticket without a satellite, without that ugly satellite hanging off the side of your house or apartment building. To see if you're eligible, go to on, go online to nflsundayticket.tv and stream every NFL Sunday Ticket game this season. Follow your favorite team no matter where you live. Or in the case of, of uh, if you're a Chargers fan, maybe – Maybe you follow your new favorite NFL team because you've been in the Chargers. See if you're eligible by going online to nflsundayticket.tv. Stream every NFL Sunday Ticket game this season to follow your favorite team no matter where you live. Use promo code RINGER at checkout to save 15%. Once again, nflsundayticket.tv. Promo code RINGER. All right, hold on to your hats. Here comes the mailbag with Kevin Durant. Got a lot of mailbag questions here. These are some good ones. Are you ready for this? Let's do this it. This is great. You're going to love this. From Matt DeLuna, was there a player who balled you up in your rookie or second year that you feel like you could totally beat now and it's kind of annoys you? Um, <clears throat> Somebody that took it to you when you were a rookie. Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay took it to you as a yeah. rookie? Yeah, Rudy Gay. Did you get him back? Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Plenty um, of times.
0: Franco D wonders, what do you think when you hear player evaluations like Brandon Ingram is going to be the next Kevin Durant? Do you appreciate it or do you get annoyed that people think there's going to be another Kevin Durant?
1: I appreciate it. I appreciate it, especially when it's uh, when it's accurate. Somebody like uh, Brandon Ingram, Brandon Brandon so you, Ingram feels like it looks like he play he can play like me. Or we have similar bills, but most, some of the times I'm like it's hard right to compare a guy to Myers Leonard or. Um, Darren Collison, when, when they're coming into the draft, it's all right. Those guys are really good players, and they make right. a lot of money. So you don't have to compare them to stars. You put you, you, The expectations, man, that, that, that can kill a player. And, you know, you compare somebody to LeBron James when they're coming out of high school or college, and you're going to expect them to be LeBron James when they're not really going to be LeBron James. So start comparing these guys to some solid players once in a while.
0: I think Jason Tatum's going to be the next Paul Pierce.
1: That's a fair comparison.
2: There's a new, new Kevin Durant they're talking about. <laughs> I think about. you're gonna mad at that. Kevin, Who's uh, Kevin Knox, Kentucky kid. That's who they're saying. Is the Kevin, new Kevin Knox Durant. is
0: the new Kevin Durant?
2: Really? Yeah, 6'9". Uh, see, uh, I now, mean, now I mean, he's going to leave the podcast and <laughs> go he on nice?
0: YouTube. Ain't that nice?
1: Yeah, He ain't you. Porter, too. Porter's nice.
0: What do you consider... This is from Drew Kells in New York. What do you consider the all-time what-if moment in your career? Choice A. Blazers draft you over Odin. Choice B, Harden does not get traded. Mm. Choice C, Clay does not go off in game six 2016. Mm. Choice D, Zaza falls into your leg and instead of whatever injury you had, it's actually worse and you missed the rest of the season. Oh. What's the one that haunts you? Or what's the one that you say, thank God that went the other way, or oh man, what would my career have been like if it had... I say B. B, Harden. Interesting. So you finally come around to my side after yeah, five yeah, years. Yeah. You're mad hey, yeah, at me. What
1: I, I, used to, I told somebody the other day, I was like, I used to hate when he used to bring that up. <laughs> like, damn, I know. We know. <laughs> we know. Just relax. This will be like four years later. What about the Harden guy? All right, Bill. No. I... I watched. That's, how, that's what I felt like.
0: They're showing a lot of old games on NBA TV, God bless them, the Hardwood Classics. Mm-hmm. And they showed game two of the 2012 finals when you guys were babies, but you made the finals anyway. Yeah. It's amazing to watch the three of you guys out there together against LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. Because everyone was saying this finals, oh my God, so much talent. No, There was, was just as much that. talent in that finals. It's just you guys were young. You weren't the guys you yeah, would become. We were
1: become. yeah, but we don't, don't, don't got to talk about that.
0: You got fouled on the baseline. We do got to talk about that. Did, can you admit you got fouled? You're not going fined for that.
1: I still should have made that shit.
0: But it, you did get fouled on the baseline. They did call it. It wasn't fouled. All right. Foul.
1: All right.
0: Um, the last TV show you were obsessed with. That's from Nicole in Washington. Last TV show. Billions. Oh, billions. Yeah. Are you going to be in billions? I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. Hope Rich? So. Yes. Yes? Could, could you and Axe invest in something together? Yes, we were trying to figure
2: That's out. That's the plan. Don't give the plot away. <laughs> Shit. Ozark. Ozark. Something goes wrong. You got to watch Ozark, too.
1: Yeah, I got to watch Ozark. You keep telling me about Ozark.
2: You're going to be.
0: So, billions or Ozark?
1: No, I watch billions. He was telling me about in Ozark. In billions, watch Ozark.
0: I'm friends with Brian Koppelman, who, one of the guys who they created that us. show. They told
2: us. They raved about
0: you. We he said, said you right. basketball players love billions. Yes. That was one of the things they've learned. Um, Nicole also wonders, I saw you in a Morrissey t-shirt. What bands are you in that would surprise people?
1: I'm not into them.
0: Okay. You're just wearing the t-shirt.
1: Love the t-shirt. Ah, nice. Sorry, Nicole. Sorry. It's not my...
0: Stuff. Greg Follin wants to know, who are the other four players from PG County that you'd want to run with at the heights of their game. That's a good one. That's a great one. Um, Explain heights. to people what PG County is.
1: Prince George's County, the hotbed for um, hoops um, right outside of Washington, D.C. DeMar Johnson.
0: Okay. Early pre-accident DeMar like, Johnson. Yeah. Like Everybody said Cincinnati, he was amazing.
1: Like right after, right, Cincinnati, like first couple years in league, DeMar Johnson. Um, was Delonte from that area? Delonte West, yeah, he was. He was he was nice in high school. He was right? late bloomer though. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was he was late bloomer. He didn't come on until like his right when he that year he had in college. That's when he came on. He was killing. Oh, he, so was, can't even, he was good. Yeah, I'll take D West as my point. You see, so you can't even get to four guys. Can you get to four guys? Yeah, D West, my point. Okay, and then two more. Johnson is gonna be the two. Yeah, I guess, and I'm the three, right?
0: You can be whatever. Yeah, you man. played five in the finals. I think we can move you I'll around. I'll
1: be three. Um, man, so many I'm missing because there's so much. Oh, older. So you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Yeah, now. but the guys that I know kind of grew up on Mike Sweetney it was nice. Mike Sweetney,
0: number nine pick.
1: Mike Sweetney it was tough. I, mean, he I
0: actually him, thought man. he was going to be a good pro. I don't know what happened there. He yeah. he was in that era where there were that, physical yeah, power yeah, forwards. Yeah, yeah. He was one of those. Like guys. nowadays, he wouldn't be able to. I don't know where he would play. He'd
1: Be a nice little bruiser if he get the, you know, if like he a little had center, toned up a little bit. Yeah, He'd be a nice bruiser, quick feet, you know. But um, you have a fifth, fifth.
0: We can come back to
1: it. Yeah. Uh, no, you got you got to throw Mike Beasley in there. Oh, Bees, that's that's a great team. Where's Ty Lawson's not from there? He is,
0: but yeah, that was comes off the better. bench. Yeah. yeah, he got. Deontay was over Ty. Yeah, you just I trying got to i got length Tate.
1: on that team.
0: He's trying to hurt Tate. Hey, I will remind you, Delonte West in the 2008 playoffs was the second best player in the Cavs. He was D really West good in that. West was
1: nice, man. He
0: was good in that series. Uh, Tony wants to know, who's winning McGregor versus Mayweather, and will you watch it?
1: Uh, Mayweather's going to win. Um, probably, Yeah, I'll probably watch it. I feel like I, you have to, yeah, right? I don't really care about it, but...
0: It's not going to be a good fight. I don't think you're going to miss much. Uh, Russell, no relation, asks, are you and Westbrook friends again?
1: Uh, I don't don't think we ever stopped being friends. We just stopped talking, but I don't think we ever stopped being friends.
0: So you're talking again?
1: Not talking, no, but I mean, I don't think any, it's no problems. It's not like we, you know, but I don't don't think we ever stopped being friends.
0: All right. Um, Jake Albright, Thousand Oaks said, I saw you sitting next to LeBron and Kevin Love at Nike Skills Academy. And aside from the usual, I see you respect DAP. Do NBA stars actually enjoy being in the presence of their rivals?
1: It's uh, a good question. Yeah,
0: Rich is almost two thirds engaged yeah. at this point. He's really enjoying this.
1: Yeah, uh, I'd rather be <laughs> I'd rather be around some great basketball players than anybody else to be honest. Um, so
0: the rivalry thing, you kind of put it not, on the side during the summer.
1: Oh. I don't really believe in rivalries, man. It's just, a, it's just a healthy, healthy fun competition, I think. Is that yeah. why we hang so much? <laughs> uh, I guess. Rich, you great usage rate right now.
0: Rich is two for two. You said some great picks. Um, when you saw LeBron for the first time after the finals, what happened? I uh,
1: just dapped him up.
0: All right. Pat from Minneapolis wants to know, after your recent tour to India... What surprised you most about your time there? Where did it make you want to travel next?
1: It made me. It made want to go to uh, Mumbai. I want to say Goa. Is that Goa? Was we supposed to. Where uh, one of the guys was telling us. It made me want to explore a bit, a little bit more in that area. Um, Delhi was a part that was, uh, you know, just felt like it was under. You know, it was a little different than. The bigger cities it was a smaller city it was yeah. more, you know i guess compact you know um uh, in one area it felt like it was a lot of people in one area um but as far as you know other other parts of the country i would love to explore i heard so much about it uh i know I, what i said back in when i came back from there was a little got some people upset but i'm really i really really do want to go back and explore a little bit more i was only there for two days yeah so yeah
0: um Todd Stoop wants to know how many pairs of shoes do you go through during a season do you wear your game shoes in practice to break them in and do you use a special insole
1: hmm.
0: this is an obscure question that I was like I can't wait to hear the answer for this
1: no that's a really good question though <laughs> yeah thank I you I would want to know that
0: yeah alright um, so what are the answers
1: I usually go to probably, I go through probably like five six pair a year
0: five six a year yeah. so like one a month
1: yeah, I don't like switching out a lot.
0: How do you know that it's time for the shoe to go?
1: Usually when um, when am orthotic. So I wear insole in my shoe when I broke my foot. I never used to wear them until I broke my foot. Right. And I had to wear them to leave, take the pressure off the outside of my foot where I broke it. So I wear an
0: And So now you're used to the
1: insoles. Yeah, love them now. Perfect for me now. Should um, you have always had them? I should. I wore them in college, and once I finished in college, I never put them on again. And I was just out, in there. I was just playing for the last what eight years, just bare. <laughs> yeah, it messed my foot up bad. But I wear insoles, um, and I usually change my shoes once my insoles start to uh, wear to the. I usually wear my insoles down to like the, to the, um, to to the plastic. That's how. I, yeah, I wear them oh my for God. a month straight, and they start to rub to the plastic. And once they start to rub to the back <laughs> side of my foot, I know it's time to change my shoes. Uh, the the
0: AKA is really on fire right now. Uh, Matthew Chapman wants to know he's from Montreal which historical team do you think would have given the 2017 Warriors the most fits
1: you got a list or you want me just no probably grab
0: somebody from history
1: the 16-1 and team the Laker team would have been tough because Shaq was just big yeah my
0: first instinct was to say the 96 Bulls because they could have matched them (coughs) athletically
1: but that that I came to the same conclusion you did that team like you need some size to to get, uh, and but they were bigger and Kobe was in rare form, but we got a lot of length. so like they we had they, a lot of quickness on that perimeter. I don't think they could have stopped. and we could have threw a couple guys at Kobe, but it'd have been tough.
0: I think it would have come down to offense versus offense, and you guys would have made more threes. You just would have given Shaq, oh, you yeah, would have found him sometimes. Put
1: Shaq in pick and roll, a lot of yeah. pick and roll, we'd have put Shaq in a lot of pick and roll, make him just guard. um. Make him guard Steph, me, Clay coming off picking rolls. and we would um, we would double him every time he got the ball, and make him try to pad, make him be a passer because nobody doubled him. Well, like, one hard the, doubles. I'm talking about as soon as he catch. I think the, the ball, rules though. were slightly
0: different back then, though, right? Like Didn't they tweak him? I think they tweaked him after.
1: Uh, they meta see, tweaked them after that no, season. We would double as soon as he catch that shit. Yeah,
0: dude. I don't think there, there wasn't the same kind of doubling.
1: It like some guys couldn't play against us though. Who would guard you, Kobe or Rick Fox? Probably, probably Fox.
0: Rick Fox, I would
1: say. Kobe. Some Horry. will have to chase Clay around.
0: So Horry would have. Horry would have taken you too. It's Ori. It's a silent H. I was calm, Horry. Okay. That's just what I do. I did a podcast with them and called him. I I have like mental pronunciation blocks with things. Yeah. I think the '96 Bulls would have been fun because they would have played Rodman at center. Yeah, they. they would have played ch- Pippen at, at power forward and t- against you. Then maybe you battle. go to fight. That would have been a battle.
1: See, we, we would do. But you would have been playing your coach. That would have been weird. Yeah,
0: that would have been
1: <laughs> super weird. We'd have we'd have um, put him inside pick and roll every time.
0: Well, so I was texting with him about that, and he because I was saying, would you have been better off now or in the area you played? <laughs> and he said he was better off then because now he's going against Russell and Kyrie. Yeah. there's 17 guys in the league that would have been a nightmare. I don't think they had as many back then. No. But but he was saying that, first of all, coach would have been amazing because he would have been like Joe Engels, like better Joe Engels. Joe Engels is good.
1: At 6'10", at the yeah. 4, though.
0: Shooting threes.
1: Yes, he would have been a matchup problem.
0: And then he was saying that Jed Boosler would have been good.
1: Jed Boosler was probably about 6'7".
0: So he said he could guard guarded either forward spot, and he would have shot threes, and he would have been a totally different player. Guard, Ron, Harper. Ron Harper was a yeah. great defender. Right, but you would you would have left Ron Harper open? You can't shoot. Yeah, no, he can't you shoot. Would have, at all. You would you would play seven feet but off. Who played him. Steve Kerr didn't start at the one.
1: No, Ron Harper did.
0: It was Steve, it was a little Steve Kerr. That really depended on the matchup. Sometimes yeah. they just had Pippen and Power Four. But at against point us, forward.
1: they would start Harper so he can guard Steph because he's bigger and longer. And then they would put Jordan on Clay and Pip on me and probably, and then Rodman on Draymond. And when we go small, they would bring in Price. Um, they couldn't bring in Steve Kerr, Bushler. Well, they
0: they wouldn't have been able to play one and no, ten or they long. They had a cool coach then the big. They had, like had to play Longley. They did have to play
1: center against us because we had yeah. Zaza. Yeah, Luke, Luke Long.
0: So the series would have come down to when Radman and Draymond got in the fight. How many how many games each guy got thrown out? <laughs> oh, they
1: were for sure fight. That, that would be been a, bad. That would be a great rivalry. That would have been good. That probably would be better than Carmelo and and Dennis yeah.
0: God. I think the '01 one Lakers, I thought that was the best Lakers team, the second title team, because Kobe was fully Kobe at that point. Yeah. And Shaq was still great. That was the yeah. team that went, you, you said it, 16-1 and one or 15-1, and one, whatever it was. I think they would have been good. Uh, oh, here's another sneaker question. Jeff from New Jersey. How much design input do you have on a signature sneaker? What's the process like? Are you actually involved in this or no?
1: Yeah, I am. Um, I mean, they kind of give me a... Blueprint or what they want to do and how they want to kind of go about telling my story through my shoes so they kind of like here this' is what we got first and then we kind of kind of build off of that so now, is there a new one coming yeah no uh well we got our the ones that came out in the finals those gonna last us all the way up until next year okay so
0: yeah another historical question from our case in San Antonio if you could join any historical NBA team from before when you played, mm-hmm. which team would you pick? Just get to slide on a team. This is a good hardcore NBA uh, junkie question. Teams that need threes. I have my answer for
1: you after. All right, I hear Me it.
0: too. Oh, you have an answer.
1: I would take Worthy's worthy spot on those teams with Magic. Ooh. Poor James, he can't win in this podcast. I oh, know, I'm sorry. Oh, oh God. <laughs> just That's me, man. We gotta too. call him. Oh, you told me. I'm sorry, James, but that no, team was how fun. You they were four
2: and get Rambis
0: on the bench. Well,
1: yeah.
2: Nah. We'll
0: oh, yeah, you could have done that. Worthy at the four, I played the three. So yeah. you could have done 85 Lakers, Kareem, Byron you, Scott. Byron Scott, Magic, and Worthy. Oh, Ooh. my gosh.
1: That's length, and we was moving them too, running them. We was getting out of the glass and pushing. And Magic ain't had nobody else who can get off the glass and push like me. So that would
0: have been good. I I had the '93 Suns too, because it would have been fun to see you play with Barkley.
1: Nah, I couldn't play with Barkley. <laughs> he want to post up all game and tell everybody standing around. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> just you want to know who I had? Yeah, who did you have?
0: Yeah, oh yeah, we forgot to ask Rich Ewing. Oakley, oh, KD, man. That's so Ewing, sad.
2: Oakley, KD, Starks, Derek Harper. Uh, I'm not rolling with that mob. Or this one: Mark Jackson, Gerald Wilkins, Kevin Durant, Charles Oakley, Patrick Ewing.
0: You need you couldn't play with all the big got, guys. Gerald they clogged Wilkins. the lane. Gerald Wilkins.
1: He was older at that time, though.
0: No, when he was on the Knicks, he was nice. You're talking about the early '90s, like Pitino the Patino teams. Young, oh, the Patino teams were fun. Yeah. Young Ewing. We are going to take a quick break to talk about Gillette. Did you know the tip of a Gillette razor blade is measured on an atomic scale, meaning their blade edges are thinner than a single brain cell? Oh, yeah, that's true. That precision is the work of many brain cells, hundreds of members of Gillette's research and development team. They've spent over 4,700 years combined working to make your shave closer and more comfortable. That's longer than the Egyptian pyramids have been around. Apparently, I have no, Tate, I had no idea how long the Egyptians, now I know. While over a 1,000 craftsmen and women in Boston, hey, Boston, I like that city, are busy making your blades. Another team is putting your blades through more than 60 extremely strict and precise quality checks. Fail just one of these tests that doesn't leave the factory. In other words, the hardworking people at Gillette never stop working to make your blades better. And it's no coincidence that since they uh, named the new stadium, Gillette Stadium, the Patriots have just been ripping off Super Bowl wins. Now... That includes the price tag, all this good stuff. You can get Gillette Blades at their lowest prices in years. See for yourself at GilletteOnDemand.com. Once again, GilletteOnDemand.com. Gillette, the best a man can get. Pricing applies to select products and is at the sole discretion of the retailer. And now back to Kevin Durant. Mike from Dartmouth, best Skirvin Hotel ghost story (laughs) you've heard from another NBA player about coming to OKC.
1: I heard D. Rose, when they came, his second year in the league, he made a rookie sleep on his floor because the year before, he said he felt somebody touch him or something like that. That's what I so heard. So he made a rookie sleep in the room? So he, the next year he made, I think it was James Johnson It might have been sleep on his floor.
0: James Johnson, the Miami James Johnson? Yeah, I heard that. Because
1: <laughs> that's a good that guy story, to battle a ghost. True or not. Yeah, I heard he made him sleep on the floor. That was funny as hell to me. I
0: got it. I got The ghost came in my room. I, I, I never believed in ghosts, month. but that I lived happened there
1: for a month. When I first got there, and I ain't, I ain't had no, I wasn't scared of anything. I didn't feel nothing there.
0: I think you have to be on the floor that the ghost jumped out the window of in no, 1920. I heard,
1: I heard it was just the whole hotel it was like. Yeah, the ghost. are oh, they mess around. with people.
0: Yeah, because yeah. the ghost jumped from the top floor, but the ghost moves around.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure she does. I
0: can't wait for the answer to this question. By the way, the listeners were like the listeners right now are saying, "I, w- I didn't think this mailbag was going to work, but I'm um, they're enjoying it. I can tell." Man, Kevin's right and Kevin's locked in right now. Kevin's locked in. He loves super this. Yo, in. you are locked. This is good. In. We yeah, go this is for hours. Solid, right? Incredible. Right, um, Luke Maring wants to know who is the last person to beat you one v one. My guess would be Westbrook.
1: No, we never played one on one. You never played one-on-one with Westbrook? No, like after practice, like, no, not like that. Oh, I would play with, like, Dion and Anthony Morrill. I would cook them. (laughs) Um, I don't remember. I don't don't remember losing one-on-one in um, a series because I don't play just one game and we're done. Like, it's usually, like, three or four games. So maybe Texas? Five-game series, seven-game series, you know. DJ Augustine probably beat you a few times, though. No.
0: Not in Texas? No. All right. Um, so I don't even know that answer. Zachary Everett, this is a good question. I want to know the answer to this. How often and when exactly are NBA players drug tested? Four times a year, randomly. During At any point during the season? Yeah. It has to be four, or could it be less than four?
1: Um, sometimes it's three, I think. Sometimes guys get three. Because um, I always heard what is, one. It's, it's four tests. We take four tests from... I think training, I'm not training camp. The start of first game, maybe I don't know till finals.
0: Because the story I always heard was after the fourth test, it's like that's it. It's like your get out of jail free card. Oh (laughs) no! It's interesting that Zach would ask that. I don't know. I don't know what Zachary Everett is doing. Um, The NBA has a greater international influence, asks Adam Green. What's the best tradition or food from another culture? You've been able to experience thanks to an international teammate. You've had a few international teammates. Yeah.
1: Um, I never really... Never dove into the food? No. Nah, not of the teammates that I had, no.
0: Really? Okay. No. Nah. Should they widen the court by a foot on each side? Asked As Emmanuel Crosby.
1: Why would they do that? It would
0: allow for more driving lanes...
1: Larger no. gaps
0: for defenders to cover, and also bring about this is the reemergence of the mid range. This
1: is not slam yeah, ball. Yeah, I this didn't like that not question an either. arcade game.
0: Yeah, Byer, I don't know why how that's his name. Must be a nickname. Byer, hey, what's your craziest Team USA cruise ship story from Rio two thousand sixteen? Oh my! There had to have been a card game.
1: What? We were. Uh, on a boat we couldn't leave like we couldn't leave you were there to, like, 24 hours a day right yeah, except for practice if you wanted people to come on you had to get like 72 hour clearance so it's just you guys hanging yeah, out who else is on team, the boat the women's team and then it would be like it was some random people on there too that stayed on the boat so we would have breakfast supposed to be like just for the Team USA it would be random people in there but we would just drink play cards uh, who won the most we money playing cards deck. we were going on to the top deck and um, they had these hot rocks for us, and we used to just make our own steaks. We did that every night. That was so fun to us. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. And we just, you know, drank beers and just play cards. We really just did that every day. Who Who do you think, if you, if there was a
0: tally for cards, who did the best? Mellow. Mellow. Good. God, there's so many Mellows.
1: Mello's there's Olympic
0: Mellow, there's Hoodie Mellow, there's Card Mellow. Yeah, Card Mellow. He's got all these Boo identities, Ray Mello. Rich. Bure Boo Boo Mellow.
1: Mello. Guts Mellow, that's what we play. Bure Guts. Um, uh, everybody everybody, everybody kind of did their thing, man. It was a long trip, so it was like you don't get a winner. And plus, we don't never stop. So whenever we see each other again, we're just going to pick the game back up. I don't right. think the game will ever end. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not a clear winner. Did you guys hang out with the women's team at all? Yeah. Who was
0: who like the coolest woman on the women's team? Uh,
1: BG, was she's the homie, we still, we still talk. Oh, Griner? Yeah, she was cool, man, I liked her. Um, Stewie, um, Brianna Stewart was cool. Uh, I mean, all of them were cool, but I had I talked to uh, probably Sue Bird and, and DT, Diane Tarasi. I talked to them and BG probably more than anybody.
0: Diana Taurasi is cool. She is. She's been and in, she a
1: hooper. She can play. She's the.
0: She's by far the best women's player of all time. I don't know if somebody from this next generation can pass her, but she
1: talks a lot of shit. Her and Draymond got a lot of shit talking. What? Her and Draymond, about what? Just like just talking basketball shit. You ain't shit, Draymond. All you do is they give you the ball so you can pass it to somebody else. <laughs> it's like fuck you, DT. <laughs> but they the best of friends. It's amazing.
0: Oh my God, Tommy! That's my new dream podcast, Draymond and Diana Taurasi together. Oh my
1: gosh! If you get that, that'll be next level. It's
0: replaced KD and Perk as my as my dream podcast. Those two. She's the best. I I sat courtside for a Sparks game once, and she was trash talking everybody. And it was like some random regular season game.
1: She's the best, man.
0: Scott Laven wants to know if you were to rename the Redskins Scott Layden Oh.
1: Uh, what are you doing Scott? if you
0: were to rename the Redskins what would you call them and why Ooh. would you rename the Redskins first of all
1: I mean just that tradition has been there for so long but I know the name is so offensive to so many people too uh, and you definitely want to take that in uh to consideration um but for me it would probably be man, i don't even know i would call it like the body snatchers or something like that, <laughs> that would you go a, back to the that washington was a sick go-go song um when i was growing up body snatchers
0: would you go back to the washington bullets or no
1: i like the bullets there it was a negative i guess it was a negative uh connotation yeah
0: I still love it. I th- I wish yeah, they could. I love the bullets. I and wish the colors could come back. was fire. Which oh Scott also wants to know which NFL player would have the best shot at successfully playing five minutes of NBA garbage time? This Jimmy this
1: Graham is, played in college. Jimmy Graham. Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers played oh, in college. Jimmy, Antonio Tate. Gates. Antonio Gates Tate. played in college. I knew Tate was going to get the cat from um from the um tight end they, they, uh, they love in Dallas play Rico Gathers he played in college he can play
0: you know who's fantastic apparently Aaron Hernandez oh, who's now in jail i so no, man no, I'm, I didn't say he's it to be a comedy jail. killer he's dead what no You're, I'm saying in college he was oh. they used to play the football team against the basketball team he
1: was pretty good yeah
0: the Tebow you know and he Aaron Hernandez
1: Jermichael Finley was good he well, all
0: nice. those six foot six tight ends, you would yeah. think they have balance and speed and yeah. size. Um, Caleb in Pennsylvania wants to know what is the most enjoyable basketball game you've ever been a part of. I don't think he means like winning the finals. Mm-hmm. I think he yeah. me- thinks mm-hmm. he means just this game where you're like, wow, this is incredible. Everybody's playing great. Or it could be the Rucker Park game. I don't know.
1: Oh, we played Miami in 2014 in Miami. We were down like 22 to four. And me and Bron had like this, I want to say like two minutes just back and forth. He came down, hit a tough step back. Came down, hit a three. He came down, hit another step back in the corner. I came down, hit another three. We were going back and forth literally for like six possessions. And it was fun. It was so much fun because I've been wanting that, you know what I'm saying? And he took on that, he he, he felt like he seen me coming at him. And he's like, nah, let me gear up. So we wasn't even calling plays. <laughs> like he'll make a shot and D fish I seen D fish, I watched it again, he'll try to grab the ball, I was like, no, nah, let me shit. And same with Norris Cole, he's like, no, nah, let me shit. It was fun, man. Was that
0: was like, your MVP year?
1: Yeah. And I was in a good groove right and at, at that point too. I can remember that groove I was in. It was just like I was just feeling it. Like I was in a good spot mentally when I was playing and Yeah, it was fun.
0: Nick wants to know, how'd your development as a player have changed? If you were in a situation as a rookie like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown right now, high draft pick immediately thrown onto a team as a contender versus being used at the two-guard like P.J. Cartelissimo did with you?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I would have just waited my turn. I just, you know.
0: Playing like 20. I think you would have played like. Let like you Put you on last year's Celtics team, you're playing 25 minutes a game. Maybe you're not starting. As a rookie? Yeah, maybe even more. <sighs>
1: 30 I averaged 20 a game as a rookie on Seattle 30 I could play 30 yeah I was playing probably like 33 minutes at my rookie year I was
0: just trying to I was trying to ease you into the lineup
1: nah yeah yeah I would I would I would wait my turn. I probably wouldn't start to start the season or probably the first year
0: would you have been a defensive liability that first year you were you are pretty skinny. No, I could play
1: defense, but if you if you don't tell me to do to play defense, then I'm gonna focus on what I do best, just right. like anybody else. So you got to let me know this. This how you want me to play? Because <laughs> right. I'm focused on because all I did was work on my individual skills. So once the coach tells me, look, go play defense. All right, I know how to do that, and I'll score. But if you don't tell me anything, I'm just going. I suppose you just want me to score. So that's I take how it I back. My rookie year,
0: you would have played more than twenty five. I take yeah. it back. Yeah. I'm trying to think how that lineup would look like. Yeah, you definitely would play Crunch Time at least. Um, what track best expresses your state of mind during the finals? This is from Corey in Jersey City. Nas Hate Me Now, Mob Deep Shook Ones Part Two, Tupac Hit Him Up, Nas Shoot Him Up. Hit Him Up. Hit Him Up? Really? Yeah. You had, you had that much going on? Yeah, that was, yeah. Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that I played Hit Him Up for my nine and a half year old son in the car the other day? No, great it's a thing. great thing. Great yeah, thing. I wanted him to understand.
1: Yeah, he has to. He has to know the culture. that drives the world, especially. He had you know, a lot of questions, especially hip hop culture. He needs to know it.
0: Yeah. You should play TakeOver for him. He had a lot of questions
1: after I hit him up.
0: Like, what, what happened between those guys? I explained it's the whole interesting thing. Interesting story, too. Yeah, I explained. Did you see The Defiant
1: ones? Oh, I watched it four times. It's inspiring. The
0: part about uh, West Coast rap was unbelievable, the 90s. That, that was one know of the at best.
1: That time, I didn't know at that time, um, like, when you start talking gangster stuff on records, like, that was shocking everybody, like, really actually physically doing something to somebody over music. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that was a shock to them. Like, that was the first time them actually feeling that, like, oh, shit, somebody might actually get pop. Like, I didn't know they, that was something that they'd never seen before. So when I watched the final ones, I was like, damn, now I know why it was so big.
0: That Source Awards was was easily the most exciting award show moment of all time. And oh. Snoop diffused it. Yeah. I Cause did, like yeah. that, that could have been that could have been the biggest riot we've ever had at anything. One more quick break to talk about Rocket Mortgage from quicket loans. When it comes to the massive decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust who has your best interests in mind with Rocket Mortgage. You will get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork with Rocket Mortgage. You can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you get the mortgage solution. That's right for you. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank. Skip the waiting. Go completely online at quickenloans.com slash Bill Simmons. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org. Number 3030. Let's keep the mailbag rolling with Kevin Durant. Uh, Dunner wants to know, what does Kevin think? Who does Kevin think is the best trash talker in the league right now? Oh, Tommy's head popped up. He like that question. Draymond
1: easily. Nobody don't talk. Nobody really don't talk against us. Like, like heavy like that. Cause I'm used to KG and Paul Pierce. Like they set the bar. Yeah. Like you can't if you ain't talking shit like them, then you might as well not even say nothing.
0: So Draymond is, has the championship belt. Oh yeah. Are there any young up and comers that you have your eye on? Like is Giannis yelling at Greek at people yeah. or anything?
1: No. Devin Booker talk a little. Devin Booker. I love Devin Booker, man. He 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 love the game and he like a dog. He'll talk shit. He'll like rough you up. He'll get up into you. Like he better watch out for that boy, <laughs> cause he is nice. He next. I'm telling you. Funniest warrior, David Poster wants to know. Funniest? Yeah, D West. David West funny. Really? How come? I was not expecting so, that answer. He's so serious and his stories are just like, man, off the wall. Like <laughs> that can't be true. You know what I'm saying, and it's just like I believe it though, because it's D West, and how he describes it, man. He the, yeah, he a real OG. <laughs> I wish people, I wish I can follow D West around with a camera and just get everything he says on my YouTube channel. We can, we can. What is D West doing ten years from now?
0: Something interesting, oh, he's def- right? He's
1: definitely going. He's definitely gonna have his, his hand in on his youth basketball team, on, on like his AAU team. I think he's going to run that from the beginning. I think his thing is he want to teach, he want to um he want to teach the, the the younger generation um about the real part of basketball like the NBA. You know what I'm saying? How to kind of fend for yourself but not be selfish, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so
0: he's he's one of your top 3 teammates of all time.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, perk. I only spent the year with him, but his knowledge and So he's like, on the perk level. level. My respect level for him is Yeah.
0: Yeah, he sounds like a great teammate. Who is the core card playing group on the Warriors? David wants to know.
1: That was his other question. Me, Steph, JaVale, Draymond. JaVale, Draymond, but not Clay. Clay, um, Zaza. They play poker. I don't play poker with them. But when we first started bumping, it was me, JaVale, um, Draymond, and Steph. But I can't play with JaVale. Why not? Because man, he's just like like you playing a friendly card game. Like he really trying to win. Like, we all trying to win. You get what I'm saying? But it's just like, I can't explain it because y'all don't play Like, boo. he's trying to cheat? Like, y'all don't play boo-ray. Like, y'all don't play it, so you don't really know. But if, like, Draymond and Steph, um, they know what I'm talking about. So okay. this is for the Draymond stuff. Steph. Like, he just don't know how to play. <laughs> but he uh, wins, though. That's what pisses me off.
0: Josh from Maine wants to know. When was the first moment you really knew that you could be good enough at basketball to play in the NBA? How old were you? Ooh, Rich man. likes this question. He's staring intently.
1: I was super cocky at like eleven. Oh, so you're rational, the N. Raiders the la- rational confidence. Oh no, confidence? I was like, I'm going to leave for sure. Nobody around here better than me. And then I met somebody that was better than me, and he humbled me. And then I was like, oh shit, this is gonna be a little harder than I thought. So probably around like 16, I was like, oh, all right, they think I'm going to. You start start showing up on those lists? Yeah. I was looking at them too. NBADraftNet.com, NBADraft.net, all that, Draft Express. I was on that every day. If any young kid said they're not on that, they'd lie. I was on it every day. I had to know who was was, was up there with me.
0: Who were you? Where were you as a senior?
1: I was number two in the country. Piano Odin? Yeah.
0: Josh Coyne wants to know, once upon a time, you tweeted that you wanted to drink Scarlett Johansson's bathwater. Have you met her since tweeting that? If so, was she aware and was it strange?
1: I hope she was aware of it. Um, It is strange now because I look really, it made me look crazy, but um, now it made me look real cool because I I would, I actually love Scarlett Johansson. Okay. And I would do that. Okay. I could get that done for you. <laughs> and she's single now. Is she single now?
0: Yeah. Oh, man. I think breaking, so, from what I heard.
1: Breaking all kinds all right. of news
0: here in the BS podcast. All right, we'll set that up. I well, just not want not to get so invited to the wedding. John Sanchez wants to know, which rookie are you most looking forward to facing this year? That's a great question. It's a yeah. good
1: rookie class. Ben Simmons.
0: Ben Simmons. Don't go. I forgot that he's a rookie. I mean, he, technically he is. And he did,
1: I know, but he's a rookie. He got yeah, I don't. I don't like. I mean, I know he ain't playing no games, but you're around the NBA life for a year. You're, you're, you know how you know how it is. Yeah, it's, you got a leg up on a rookie, so. Um, but I'm looking forward to playing against him. I'm excited to see you try to defend Jason Tatum's follow a jump shot. Oh, if he make him over me, cool. But I'm let if he's shooting them from tough twos, I I'll take it every time.
0: <laughs> Jordan B wants to know is Hoodie Mello the best basketball player in the world?
1: You played against Woody Mello. <laughs> you played against him in a pickup game. <laughs> His superpowers. I don't think he's the best, but he damn good.
0: So who's in that game in New York City? Because there was there's five yeah, and a half you minutes of video. Some
1: good players. It was me, Bron, <laughs> Mello, Ennis Cancer, um, Jr. Jr. was killing. Um, Dante Jones. Uh, Dante Jones. Did he hurt anybody? He was playing hard. It, we needed him on the court. Um, who else was out there? It was two freshmen from Kentucky. I forget the name Dialu and check, yeah. Richard Richards. Yeah, Nick Richards. They were they were woo, bouncy, um, played hard too. So they were, they were balling, man. Some, um, who else was there? Somebody else that was pretty good.
0: How do you split the teams up? That's a question I've got a lot.
1: Brickley did it. Brickley, I'm sure you know Brickley, who who uh, kind of started the whole Hoodie Mellow thing. Yeah. Who posted videos. He so he
0: just says, You're over here, you're over here. Yeah,
1: I just walked in. He was just like, You, Mellow, um, such and such, Braun, JR, Ennis, well, you know, and we just played. So you go like,
0: not half speed, but like two thirds speed?
1: What, does it mean? what do you mean? When you're playing in those games. Well, one hundred percent, go One hundred percent. Oh, when you check ball up, we play. Nobody was out there walking around chilling. No, you I talking? Don't. You talking shit? No, like shit talking. It happens, but it's not like a. As soon as the ball tip, fuck you. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. We playing. If something happens, some something pop off, We gonna, we gonna you know what I mean? But we're going to play. I ain't, I ain't, we don't do that. Who's the
0: worst person at calling fouls anytime they don't make a shot or there's contact?
1: Melo was Mello pretty bad at that. He got a lot better. Like a couple summers ago, he was really trying to rough the games because he, he had the gym, you know, and he, he'd be on his power trip. Because that's, so. that's when it leads to the most. Yeah, he, he'll call a bad foul, and I'll be like, Melo, come on, man. But this time he was real cool because he, he was making everything. <laughs> At this time. So. Rich, you
0: can't blame blame him because the the Knicks franchise, you just learn bad habits, right? Rich's trying to get Rich to stay awake. Yeah, yeah. Ben Moody wants to know what's your favorite NBA retro jersey? So for example, you could pick the early nineties Hornets.
1: I like the 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 purple Milwaukee Bucks joints with the buck on the, the buck on the on the front. With <laughs> like the, the green. Thing. Oh yeah. that was mean. They retroed them too a couple years ago. Mean. All right, here's a question just to wake Rich up. Lars G
0: in San Francisco wants to know what was the motivation behind using YouTube as your primary
1: online platform to express yourself? Say, I knew Rich would wake up for that. Well, I just wanted to control my content, and I wanted to just make content for one. We always talked about that. We always had ideas and uh, wanted to kind of portray the game the way we wanted to portray it or, you know, kind of drive my story the way I wanted to. And. Work with YouTube, they gave us, you know, a good platform to do so, man. We kinda took off. I didn't think it would be this big for me. You know, yeah. it's not huge, you know, but what's been the biggest success? We're grinding it up. Um, just the movie we dropped on there, the documentary is still KD, got a what, million and a half views almost, you know, so that's pretty cool. I got three hundred and eighty thousand subscribers I just got on, you know, so um well yeah, man. Who asked questions numbers? Who asked that question? Uh, Rich,
0: Rich from New York. <laughs>
2: no, no, because Rich knows the answer. Is... Lars from San Francisco. Yeah, tell Lars there's a bigger play. Lars will have to stay tuned. All right, for Lars,
0: it. if you want to invest. Lars, Lars, hit me. Max from St. Louis wants to know why isn't there a one on one tournament in the All Star game? And if there was, would you enter it?
1: That's a good question. I would, that would bring this, the, the excitement back. But you can't get nobody to play no one-on-one game, and nobody don't want to get hurt.
0: You just told me you played 100% in some random pickup game in New York City against Kentucky people.
1: But you know how that stuff is. It's like I would play in a pickup game or um, in the summer, but I won't get risk getting hurt in front of a bunch of people. Who's in the
0: finals of that game? Like, you just
1: don't want to get hurt in front of a a bunch of people. I think that's On a Saturday night. Like, like, you know, I think it's the fear of people saying, this dummy got hurt playing one-on-one at All-Star Weekend. Like, that's what, you know what I mean? That's what people fear. That's what guys fear, I'm sure.
0: Are you in the finals of that tournament?
1: Uh, Yeah. Who are you playing in the finals? Somebody my size. Okay. Kyrie would be tough to stop, though, man. New Celtic, Kyrie. Now I'm be more excited. I'll be long. I'll be, I'm bigger than him, but well, it, Kyrie we got to have that. Dribble, dribble Kyrie would just take 29-foot
0: away footers and make them and just yeah, keep moving on further one, and got further got all backwards. The confidence
1: in the world and yeah. all the space. Yeah, that would be fun, though. We should do that.
0: All right, as promised, we are going to take this to a part two. It is going to go up late on a Sunday night, a couple days after this one ran. Thanks to Kevin Durant. Part two. Part two gets uh, gets a little crazy. Uh, Stay tuned for that. Thanks to Proper Cloth. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start wearing custom shirts that fit perfectly because you created them by answering 10 easy questions. Bring Proper Cloth into your life. Proper Cloth guarantees a perfect fit. Remakes are free. They make the remakes super easy to do. Go to propercloth.com slash BS. Enter gift code BS to save $20 on your fresh shirt again, propercloth.com slash BS gift code BS. Don't forget to subscribe to the new rewatchables podcast, especially if you love point break, because we really took it to another level. Don't forget about Talk to Thrones Sunday night, right after Game of Thrones on HBO. You can go onto Twitter at Ringer and listen to that. And don't forget about the Ringer NFL show because it's we're heading toward football season. And we have the Ringer NFL show with Maze and Clark. We have Jam Street with Lombardi and Tate. And things are heating up. Enjoy the weekend. We'll be back with part two, Late Late Sunday Night with Kevin Durant. Thanks for listening.